Hey, welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. Still having our summertime fun with our summertime playlist. And listen, one of my favorite songs is Dancing in the Streets. It's summertime and the time is right for dancing in the streets. You know what that brings to my attention? The greatest celebration of all when Jesus comes back. I tell you, the earth is going to be flooded and filled with exultant joy. And I want to talk to you about the second coming of Christ. And that'll set your feet a dancing. Come on, let's get into that. We're in our summer playlist series. And uh, today we're on one of my favorite summer songs. And my favorite version was uh, by David Bowie and Mick Jagger when they did it. You know, calling out around the world, are you ready for a brand new beat? <laughs> Summer's here and the time is right for dancing in the street. They'll be dancing in Chicago. It goes on and on. And they started it off by saying, Tokyo, South America. They were calling all around the world, calling all around the world. You know what? When I heard that song and thought about my summer playlist, I said, there's going to be a day where Jesus is going to crack the sky, where he's going to come back. And I tell you, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, they're going to be singing glory to Jesus. There's going to be dancing in the streets. This whole globe is going to be full of delight. There's going to be no more wars, no more fighting, no more brokenness, no more helplessness. There's going to be the glory of God. The king of glory is going to come, and the whole earth is going to be saturated with people dancing in the streets. They'll be dancing in Chicago. Instead of shooting each other, they'll be dancing in Chicago. I see a day, I tell you. So I just brought me to, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you today about the second coming. How many know Jesus is coming back? Hey, when I was a kid in the 70s, that was a big deal. We talked about Jesus coming back, songs about Jesus. We thought he was coming tomorrow. It was imminent. I remember in, uh, in 1988, a guy put together a booklet called The 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 88. And man, people were buying truckloads of those books. Does anybody remember that? How many weren't even born in 88? You, you remember Gort? I remember. I saw, I saw places buying box loads of these and giving them to people. Jesus is coming. He's coming this year. And I tell you, there was, a, there was an urgency in people. There was even fear in some people. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if I'm ready. But, but we used to use the second coming of Christ like a hammer. Jesus is coming. Are you ready, brother? Jesus is coming. Is there sin in your life? Jesus is coming. How come you only been in church once every four weeks? Jesus is coming. He's been watching you. Gee, are you ready? When he comes, he's coming to judge the world. Are you ready, brother? Jesus is coming soon. Hallelujah. Boy, these uses like a hammer and beat us up. Well, the guy wrote the pamphlet about the 88 days. I mean, all through me growing up, there was always somebody who gave us a date, gave us a year. Jesus is coming. Even in this town, there's a guy who had billboards where he said, April 11th. Boom. He said, he's coming back. It was here in this city. We, we had it. How many of you remember somebody saying, it's this date, it's this year? I know. I, I got it. This is it. I've, I've had at least 12 or 13 in my lifetime. Now, the guy with the 88 reasons, of course... Jesus didn't come back in 88. Let me just make that clear. He didn't come back in 88. So he decided, oh, you know when you start counting, you go one, two, three. He said, oh, I needed to start time-wise. I needed to start with zero, one, two, three. So I'm a year out. So he wrote the book and added one more point, the 89th point. 
And he said, Jesus is coming back in 89. And again, he sold tons and tons of these things because he said, I forgot the zero year, therefore it's 89. How many remember that? Man, I, what were you, were you, none of you people saved back in 88 or what's going on? You Google it right now, you'll find it. It was amazing. But, but I mean, there was so much stuff about that, about Jesus coming. But I'll tell you what, Jesus is coming back. He is coming back. And I, I really think it's imminent. I, I, think, it's, I think it's soon. I, I think Jesus is coming back real soon. Thessalonians 1.10 says, When he comes on that day, he will receive glory from his holy people, praise from all who believe. There's going to be dancing in the streets. How many are excited about the coming of Jesus? How many, how many are a little terrified? A little, I don't know. I mean, you should be really excited. I tell you, I glory. I, can't, I wish he would crack the tongue. The only reason I wouldn't want Jesus to come right now is because I know there's still people broken and lost. That's the only reason. I might have a friend or a loved one or somebody. I know they need Jesus. And I say, hang on a little bit, Father. We're working on a few people. And I know that he wants many sons to come to glory, not a few. And he doesn't want to get a few people out of the world. He wants to save every single person. And I know there's a move of God, a big move of God. But let me tell you this. I think it could happen very fast. I don't think it would have to take a long, long time. I think there's going to be a move of God, an outpouring of God that is so powerful it can't be denied, can't be ignored, and it's going to slap people upside the head. Jesus is going to show himself in a big, big way throughout the body of Christ, and people are going to know that God is in the house, and it's unmistakable, and to deny him would be absurd because his presence is so tangible. There's no way to ignore that the love of God, the goodness of God, Jesus is back. And so I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to that. I'm believing for that right now. I'm believing and I'm calling in just a, an incredible supernatural move of God that will sweep a massive harvest into the kingdom. That's the last of the feasts. The last of the feasts is the Feast of Tabernacles. All the other feasts are fulfilled, but the Feast of Tabernacles, what is that? It's the ingathering. It's where the harvest takes place. And there are more people on the planet ever right now. There's billions of people right now. And he's going to see many sons and daughters come to glory. Can I get an Amen. Jesus is coming back. He really is. And it's exciting stuff. 2 Timothy 4, 8, Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but also all who love his appearing. Amen. Do you love his appearing? Do you long for the coming of your Savior? Do you long? Are you hey, just exercise? Jesus, come on. Come on. It says the Spirit and the bride say, Come. The Spirit and the bride say, Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Everyone who loves his appearing. Revelation 19, 7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Now that's important. Who's his wife? We are. We're the bride of Christ. We are. And you see, one of the responsibilities we have before the king of glory comes for his bride, his bride is making herself ready. We are preparing. We are preparing ourselves for that beautiful time where we're, we're not having a, he's not coming back for bloodshed and mess and gore. He's coming back to have a party with his people. He's coming back to have a wedding feast. He's coming back to see a people 
one together and brought into union with him. When we meet Christ at his second coming, we will enter into his indestructible joy. So many of the parables about Jesus coming and Jesus return end up with enter into the joy. His master told him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Don't you want to hear that? Don't you want to hear that? Don't you want to hear that? No, you're sowing into eternity right now. Every action that you have, it's rippling into eternity. There are things you are doing. You're sowing into eternity. Too many people are so stuck in the present, so stuck in right now, so just slaves to their own pleasures in this life, and they're forgetting there's an eternity that you can sow into and be a blessing. I tell you, he is coming back. Jesus is coming back, and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Indestructible, eternal joy. Joy. Come, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus is coming. We must be ready. Our readiness hastens his return. He's returning for a bride, a wedding feast to consummate a marriage. He's returning to full his, fulfill his eternal purpose of redeeming a community to bring them into complete union with himself. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Hey, hey, man, I'm telling you, we're not just, you know, some little club that gets together to try to encourage each other through the miserable, you know, life that this is. We get together as the corporate body of Christ. We're getting together. We're, we're coming together and we're, we're saturating ourselves. We're preparing ourselves. We're beautifying ourselves, coming into his glorious presence. We're preparing ourselves. There is a day where the bridegroom's going to come and the bride has made herself ready. Ready, ready. Behold, I come quickly. And, and, you know, what that is, is it doesn't mean I'm coming quickly in time. It means how will he come? It'll be sudden. It'll be quick. It'll be boom. I mean, when he comes, it's not going to be a gradual come. Oh, look, I think it's Jesus. He's coming. Look, it's taken him a week so far, but he's slowly moving in. Look, three more weeks and he'll get here. Look, he's coming. No, he's going to come poof, quickly. It's going to be sudden. It's going to be amazing. He's going to come. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of this prophecy, the prophecy of this book. See, the beautiful book of Revelation, Revelation is about a love story. Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ and his bride and how he's going to restore all things and bring them under his headship and align everything in creation with himself. And Jesus is coming and he's going to put it all back together. He's going to make all things new and we're going to spend eternity just reigning and ruling with him forever and ever and ever. Man. Hey. Who was preached? He was preached before. Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive. So heaven has received Jesus. Where is Jesus right now? Jesus is in heaven. He's seated right now at the right hand of the Father. Heaven must receive him until, until, say until, there is a time he is restricted he is held in heaven until the times of the restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began there are prophecies about the coming of Christ prophecies about the life of Christ every single one of these things has to be fulfilled not until every one of those is fulfilled can Jesus return can I get an amen 
That's not my idea. That's what the Word of God says. See, the prophecies of the second coming outnumber the incarnation eight to one. The incarnation was the birth of Christ. Every single word spoken about the birth of Christ, many of them in the scripture, all of them were absolutely, totally fulfilled to the letter. Every one of them. There are eight times more prophecies about the second coming of Christ. And Jesus cannot return until every one of those words is fulfilled. But they are being fulfilled. And they will be fulfilled. And they will come to pass. And Jesus is going to come. 260 chapters in the New Testament. 1845. There's 1845 references to the second coming. 260 chapters in the New Testament. And the second coming is mentioned, referred to, uh, uh, alluded to 318 times. That means one in every 30 verses the second coming is a feature in the New Testament. How many think if one in 30 verses is referring to, related to the second coming, it's a big deal! Jesus is coming back. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is coming back. No, no, tell him, shout at him, come on, Jesus. Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. Now listen, before the king of glory comes, the glory of the king must be manifest. Let me say it again. Before the king of glory comes, the glory of the king must be manifest. Here's the thing. Before he could unite himself with you, you had to be given a new spirit. It says in Ezekiel and it says in Jeremiah that I will give you a new spirit and then I will fill you with my spirit. You will be born again. You will be recreated. You will be made new and then I will unite myself to you. I cannot unite myself with something unclean. So if you're born again and Jesus moved in, guess what? He made you clean. See, and before the king of glory can come into this atmosphere, you know something has to be provided? The glory of the king has to be provided. There has to be an environment for the king of glory to come. If you were going to go live underwater, you wouldn't make it without some kind of mechanism. Can, they, can you hear me? If you're going to live at the bottom of the ocean, you would need an under-ocean suit. You'd have to have something, you'd have to have an environment there that you could live in because you can't live underwater. I mean, God can do anything. God can live anywhere. But you know what? God is going to come. He's not going to come back to some mess, but he is renewing all things right now. He is recreating. He is working right now. He is manifesting his kingdom. And that's why Habakkuk 2.14 says, the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth as the waters cover the sea. There's going to be a complete revelation of the goodness of God that will saturate the globe. Then the king of glory is going to come. How many prophecies have to be fulfilled for him to come? How many? How many? Every single one of them. Was every single one fulfilled when he came in the incarnation? Absolutely. Jesus at the cross said, oh yeah, to fulfill prophecy, I've got to say something. I thirst. And it says that to fulfill scripture. Jesus was intentional that every single assignment, every default, every prophetic word concerning him was absolutely fulfilled. Every appointment, every place, everything, every word. Every detail was fulfilled so that he could depart and he could finish his work and he could say, it is done. Totally done. Totally done. Isaiah 40 verse 5, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. And let me add this to it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Well, that could happen. No, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. If the Lord said it, the Lord will watch over his word to perform it. If God said it, it will come to pass. That word is working in the earth right now. That word has power to fulfill his purpose. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed in all flesh. Pinch yourself. Pinch your neighbor. 
flesh, all flesh will see it together. Everything, every cow, every puppy dog, every single bit of flesh, everything, all of creation is going to tangibly experience and see the glory of God. You see, all creation has to see the glory of God. God, if he did not reveal himself gloriously and wonderfully to the whole globe, he could not come back and be the judge. You cannot judge what you haven't revealed your goodness to. You can't say, I'm good. Well, I didn't know that. You know, every single person is going to have a revelation of the goodness of God. One way or another, by hook or by crook, everybody's going to experience the weighty, heavy, tangible glory of God. Yes, you. Every single thing, the earth shall be filled and saturated with the glory of God. And where's the glory going to come from? Out of your belly. That's why some of you people need some more belly. Rivers, rivers. It says rivers are going to flow out of your belly. Rivers of living water. Rivers of prophecy. Rivers of healing. Rivers of revelation. Rivers of power. Rivers of wisdom. Rivers of demonstrations of God's glory. Are you people still here? Jesus is coming back. He really is. He really is. Want to answer three questions. You ready? Three questions. We're going to do this. When will he come? How will he come? And what should I do now? How many would like an answer to those questions? Just say, thank you, pastor. All right. When will he come? Oh, first of all, how will he come? How? You ready? How will he come? In person. In person. It's not going to be like, I think he came. I think Jesus came yesterday. Do you? Do you think so? I don't know. Do you? I don't know. I I don't know. if Maybe he did. I'm not sure. No, he's going to come in person. He's going to come in Jesus, the person, Jesus, the son of man, Jesus is going to come and you're going to know that it was Jesus. It says, the angel said, this same Jesus, say this same Jesus. I went to a conference in Florida and the title they gave me for my sermon was this same Jesus. I said, preach on this same Jesus. It was good too. It was good. This same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will come back. What kind of Jesus? This same Jesus. Exactly as he left. Exactly as you have seen him go. He's going to come back. He's going to come personally and powerfully. Jesus, this same person, is going to come back the same way that you saw him go. Can I get an amen? He's going to come in person. He's going to come publicly. It's going to be public. It's not going to be a secret thing. It's not going to be, while I was sleeping last night, I think he came. No, Jesus is going to come in person and his coming is going to be Luke 17 24 says for as lightning as the lightning what's it going to be like when he comes what's going to happen when he comes there's going to be like lightning what's it like it's like lightning it doesn't mean it's actual lightning strikes oh there was lightning yesterday did Jesus come No, it's not that it is lightning. It's going to be like lightning. What's it going to be like? You know how lightning, when you see a crack, it fills the whole sky? It's going to be like a lightning crack that literally from sky to sky, it's going to be a a crack. It's going to be an announcement. It's going to be a powerful scene. It's not lightning. It's like lightning. It's like every single person will see it and be impacted by it. It's going to be personal and it's going to be public and no one is going to miss it. It's going to be wild. Hey, hey, one side of the sky to the other, boom, will be what it's going to happen in the Son of Man in his day. What else is it going to be? It's going to be unexpected and suddenly. It could be now. You know, I only hope not just because I know there's people I'm still praying for. And I tell you, if there's people you're praying for, get busy. 
Come on, I tell you, we should get, get busy for souls right now. Matthew 24, 44 says, Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. At an hour you do not expect. I didn't expect that. Boom. He's going to come. No, no, I expected. No, it says in the Bible, he's going to come at a time you did not expect. That's why I think it's funny, all these people writing books and saying, I can tell you the day when he's coming. Let me tell you right now, anybody buys or writes another book about that right now, let me tell you right now, don't buy it. It's rubbish. I have no idea how they do it. They make lots of money at it, and all kinds of silly people buy it and get all lost in it, and they're reading the stupid writings of morons while their neighbors go to hell. Wasting their time on Facebook blogs, arguing with each other when your neighbor's going to hell. Hey! There's no condemnation to those who reach the lost. No, I mean, there's no condemnation. You know, a wise man wins souls. Therefore, you also be ready, because nobody knows. Nobody knows. Luke 17, 26 to 27. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. The days of the Son of Man. This is Jesus talking about his return. Now he says, what's it going to be like? What's it going to be like when Jesus returns? What's it going to be like? There's going to be sin and wars and debauchery. There's going to be evil filling the earth. Here's what Jesus said it's going to be like. Let me read you what it's going to be like. You're going to be eating. You're going to be drinking. You're going to be marrying. You're going to be giving in marriage pretty normal stuff no it looks ugly looks nasty oh nations rise against nations oh you know what jesus said gonna be like any other day you're gonna be eating you're gonna be drinking you're gonna be planning a wedding i'm not planning a wedding oh the world is full of evil i'm telling you jesus said what's it gonna be like when he comes this is the bible a lot of people take stuff that isn't referring to these, the end times, and they make it the end times, and it's really brutal scriptural abuse. But Jesus said, what's it going to be like when I come? You're going to be eating. You're going to be drinking. You're going to be planting the wedding. You're going to be planting a tree. You're going to be cutting the lawn. You're going to be driving over to your neighbors. You'll be baking a cake. You're going to be watching the football game. You're going to be hoping for the cowboys. I'm telling you, that's what it's going to be like. Who said that? Jesus said that. Yeah, but I listen to a guy on TV. You know what he said? I don't give a rip about the guy on TV. A lot of us get paralyzed with all the crazy nonsense that these people do. We all watch that. Look at that. Well, your neighbor is going to a lost eternity. Hey, how are you doing? It's good news. It's dancing in the street stuff. Jesus is coming back. And again, amen. Amen. All right. Amen. All right. There you go. That's how. All right. Nobody knows. When's he going to come? When's he going to come? No one knows. When's he going to come? No one knows. I got a book that says, you got a book that you should use as a coffee coaster. Or you should use it to start your fire in the backyard. Like all the ones from the Y2K. All those guys made lots and lots of money, and here we are today. Matthew 24, 36, however, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son himself. Only the Father knows. Anybody ever read their Bible? Now, I'm reading this book right now. It's real good, Pastor. Pastor. Just awesome. Tell me all about the seasons and the times. 
However, no one knows, not the angels, not even the Son of Man. Do you, do you, think, do you think that Jesus might know if Bob, Bob Guttermouth has written his book? Do you think Bob Guttermouth knows what Jesus don't know? Hello? Let's take just a real simple, logical approach to this. Everybody say with me, one, two, three, rubbish. Okay, praise the Lord. And some of those blogs you watch, some of that nonsense, some of those YouTube sites you keep on visiting, waste of time. Hey, Jesus is coming back. When's he coming, Pastor? No one knows. No one knows what's it going to be like. It's going to be like you're out cutting the grass. It's going to be like you're taking the kids to hockey. It's going to be like you're watching the NBA. Hopefully the Raptors win this year. Oops, too late. Jesus came back. That's what it's going to be like. Okay, how are you? Oh, what? Acts 1, 7, 8. Here, they asked Jesus before he went to the cross, when you coming back? They asked Jesus after he was resurrected, when you coming back? And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set the dates and the times. And they are not for you to know. I know he said they're not for us to know, but I snuck up the back staircase and I found out. <laughs> But he said, it's not for you to know. I know he said that, but come on, not all of God's words are true. I snuck up the back staircase and I found out for myself. And I'm publishing it here in my book, 88 Reasons Why He's Coming in 88. Somebody should have read that verse and said, stop it. How are you guys? Y'all got kind of quiet on me. I don't know. Can I get an amen from the side over here? Thank you very much. Amen. Can I get an amen from over here? Thank you very much. You guys in the middle just settle down. Listen, but you, but you, but you, you know, when are you coming back? Can I sit at the right hand? Can I sit at the left hand? What's going on? Here, stop it. It's not for you to know. But listen, it's not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. You see, instead of wasting our time on this nonsense, we should be using the power from on high to transform our world. We should be getting our bracelet here, slapping our wrist and saying, see the hand of God at work. That's what we should be doing. Amen. Okay, but I like my books. Bring them in. We'll burn them and you'll hear demons. You'll hear demons screaming coming out of them. Wow. How many are figuring out right now how you can leave this church? Listen, I didn't amen on that one. That was rough right there. And I think it was Madeline. She's on staff. You can't do that. When's it going to be? No one knows. When else? It says it's going to be a long time. Jesus told all these kingdom parables. He told people about the last days. What's it going to be like? And throughout all those parables over and over again, it says after a long time, after a long time, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and he settled accounts with them. After a long time, after another thing. When's he coming? He's, he's, no one knows. When's he coming? It, it, he said it's going to be a long time. What else did he say? It's not until. It's not until. It's not until all 
all prophecies are fulfilled. But it's also, here's a prophecy from Haggai. And in this prophecy in Haggai, it says it's not until there's going to be decay of world systems. And it says his kingdom will have incredible influence. What's going to happen? He cannot come back until there's going to be a decay of world systems. Let me give you one system today that is in a brutal free fall of decay. Decay. Which one is that? Democracy. It's in a total free fall. Some people thought democracy. God works through democracy. Hallelujah. Look at democracy in the whole world. Look at democracy. Look at the nonsense that goes on. Democracy ends in fistfights. Democracy ends in the mob rules. You know, it's okay if the mob is righteous. You know, even those who promoted democracy, they said democracy only works where there is an undergirding support of a Judeo-Christian ethic. Democracy only works where there's an undergirding, underpinned by a philosophy or a a, a world belief and value in a Judeo-Christian ethic. That's the only place it works. And it doesn't work because democracy works. Democracy is a fallen system of man. But it only works if you have people that actually, at the root of who they are, they love one another, they care for each other, they believe in one another. So we'll honor each other's opinions. There's only one system that works. It's a benevolent dictatorship. It's the kingdom. He is the king of kings and lord of glory. That's the only thing that works. Democracy is the best of all the worst systems. But I tell you, what you're seeing today, democracy is being shaken. There's people trying to cling to it. One last grab. Let's try to get enough good people together to make all the bad people stop. You never, by a vote, make the bad people be, stop being bad. You know how you change a bad world? The love of Jesus. Now, change the world, you get your band, you put it on your wrist, you slap it every morning, and you loose the kingdom everywhere you go. What's going on out there? The world are slaves to sin, slaves to darkness. They're broken. You can't fix it through a vote. You know what we need to do? We need to vote in, we need to vote in a righteous parliament. Hallelujah. We need to vote in righteous people. Good luck with that. I'm trying to find a righteous dentist. Are you a righteous dentist? You're not touching my teeth. I'm a righteous dentist, but I got a D in dentistry. Oops, skip that. I'm an atheist, but I got an A. I'm going to try you then. Hey. Hey. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. You know the one institution that is the pillar and the foundation of truth? The one institution? It's called the church. It's called us. You know who the hope of the world is? It's us. It's not this party, it's not the right, the left, the middle, the right, the green, the red, the purple. It's the body of Christ. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Get out there and vote. Share your opinions. While we're free to share what we believe, share it wherever you can. But know this, what's going to transform a culture is not you sharing what you think you believe in. What's going to transform a culture is the love of Jesus. Hello! There should have been a way bigger amen on that one. But I like arguing on Facebook about stuff. You were not, you did not get power to argue on Facebook. You did not get power to yell at the people you disagree with. You got power from on high to loose the Holy Ghost, to witness to the goodness of God. You didn't get power to argue. Hello! The people I really wanted to talk to aren't here today. I hope they listen to the tape. 
to the tape. That's how old I am, the tape. <laughs> Cheryl threw out all my tapes. Anyways, she really did. Decay of world systems and kingdom influence. Haggai 2, 6 and 9. I love Haggai. It says, for thus says the Lord of hosts, once more in a little while, once more somewhere in the future, I'm going to shake the heaven and the earth and the seas and dry land, and I will shake all nations. I'm going to shake it. I'm going to shake everything. And he's shaking everything right now. He is shaking everything right now. The only thing that's going to remain is what can't be shaken. You know what can't be shaken? Kingdom. That's it. And it says, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. That's Jesus. He is, capital D, the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory. The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former temple. Now listen, the temple that they built was not greater than Solomon's temple. The temple that they built was not greater than Solomon's temple. Solomon's temple transcended in beauty. It transcended Herod's temple. It transcended any temple that was built. Therefore, that prophecy was not fulfilled in a physical realm. That prophecy is us. That's prophesying about us. Jesus is building his church. Do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? Do you not know that corporately you are being built together as a habitation for God himself? God is doing something powerful in the earth today. And what he's doing is he's shaking all the things that people lean on and depend on. And he's bringing his church. He's bringing his church into manifestation. He's bringing his church, glorious church, into expression. And that institution, after everything is shaken and rattled and rolled, there's one thing that cannot be moved. I tell you, even the church is going to get shaken. The church is going to get shaken. Because the church, it's a mess in a lot of places right now. Even the church needs a good shaking. Amen? I'm going to remove whatever doesn't need to be there. The church is going to get shaken. But you know what cannot be shaken is there is an everlasting kingdom that cannot be shaken. But he is building. Right now he is building that greater temple. And he's going to come to that temple. He says he will come to his temple swiftly. He's going to come to his temple. There's a people. Jesus Christ is coming. But he's not going to come back until there is a decay of all the things that people trust in and hope in and think that that's going to do it. That's going to save us. That's going to keep us. No, the only thing that's going to save you is the love of God and the goodness of God. You know, we of all people should know that. And yet we get sucked in and deceived by all the manipulators in the world. We got to know that we are the church. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do you know who you are? Man, we got to know who we are. I tell you, the desire of all nations is going to come to his temple swiftly. All right, so here's the last one. What should I do now? What should I do now? What should I do now? John 3, 3, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. If you're not born again, you have a problem. You see, here's the problem. Basically, you've got a birth problem. Every single person was born in sin. You are either in Adam or you're in Christ. And you were born Adam. He reproduced after his own kind, and every single person was born in Adam. But you see, that's why Jesus came and he spoke to Nicodemus, and he said, you must be born again. See, you had a birth problem, but you know what God did? He provided a rebirth solution. You can be born again. You can be rewritten, rewired. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Well, I was born in this family. I was born like that. Well, praise Jesus. You can be born again. 
You must be born again. What was my response to this? You, no one is going to see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Are you born again? Because you must be born again. This isn't mental ascent or I believe or I hope. This is where you have been born from above, where God himself has come and recreated you and he's fashioned you and he's poured himself into you and you are born from above and God himself has taken up residence in your life. You must be born again. This isn't, this isn't a, a, a little gathering of people who obey the same rules. This is people whose lives have been transformed from the inside out. I'm not trying to be a Christian. I am a Christian. I've been born anew. I am a child of God, of His will, of His making, not of my own decision. God Himself has recreated me and refashioned me. I'm preaching better than you're clapping. You must accept the good news. If you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, if you haven't embraced the good news, I tell you, this isn't optional. This isn't, well, think about it if you want. You must be born again. But then Jesus said something so great. He's talking to Nicodemus. He said, as the serpent was lifted up on the pole in the wilderness, he says, as the serpent was lifted up, says the Son of Man will be lifted up. And he says that everyone who looks will live. Isn't that amazing? Can you look? I mean, how, how simple does God make it? Look and live, brother. Look and live. I'm telling you, I'm showing you Jesus today, your Savior. I'm showing you the Redeemer of your soul. I'm showing you Jesus. Look and live right now. Look and trust in Him. Look and believe in Him. Look at Him right now in a way that that is the Savior of my soul. I receive the good news in the name of Jesus, and you will be born from above. You must be born again. Don't leave here today without accepting Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Hey, 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 sorry, I got booted off my own sermon. All right, all right, a couple more, couple more slides, that's all. Preach the good news, Mark 16, 15, and then he told them to go before you leave, get one of the wristbands, put it on your wrist so you can snap it every morning. Go. I'm trying to help you be a good believer. That's all I'm doing. I'm trying to coach you into manifesting the goodness of God. Put something on your wrist to remind you every day that there's a purpose on your life. And it's to go preach the gospel to every creature. It's to go loose the kingdom everywhere you go. It's to go cast out devils and heal the sick. It's to go and demonstrate the kingdom of God wherever you are. Can I get an amen? And for those who don't want to do it, can I get an oh me? extend his kingdom Luke 19 13 and he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds 10 pounds of silver talents he gave it to them and he said to them occupy until I come what are we supposed to do until he comes occupy we really are here to take over we're not here to vote for a political party we are here as the body of Christ as a representative of Christ himself we are here to enforce his reign and rule everywhere we go that's what we're called to do. We're called to occupy. We are an occupying party. We are here. We're preparing the realm for the king of glory to come. That's what we're doing. We're extending his kingdom. Last thing here is we are here to demonstrate his life. Demonstrate his life. First John 3, 1, 3 says, when he appears, we shall be like him. When he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone, say everyone, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. 
See, you're purifying yourself just as you are pure. Well, that sounds strange. You are pure. Live like it. God has absolutely cleansed and purified you. Live like it. God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. Live like it. God has filled you with himself, given you power to overcome in every way. Where sin was this big, he superabounded and poured grace on you to obliterate every obstacle from you living a pure, faithful, holy life. Live like it. What are we supposed to do? Live like it. Look in the mirror and say, examine yourself. Examine your faith. See if you're in the faith. What's going on in your life? See, because it says those that long for his appearing, those who long for that, they're purifying themselves as, what's the quality of it? As he is pure. And it's a gift. It's a gracious gift. And we should walk in it every day. Amen. Wasn't this a good sermon? What is a good sermon, pastor? Man, the second coming of Christ. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 and 9. When the Lord Jesus appears from heaven, he will come with his mighty angels in flame of fire bringing judgment. Bringing judgment. Bringing judgment on all of those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, when Jesus comes, he's going to come after it's been impossible for you not to recognize him. He's going to make it so obvious that he's the king of glory. He's going to make it so obvious he's the king of glory. That's why healings are going to be so common. That's why revelations are going to be so common. That's why angelic visitations and operating out of the heavenly realm, it's going to be daily life. Because there's going to be such a glorious church that you cannot deny that Jesus Christ is in the midst of them. There's something powerful going to go on, I tell you. But there are people who are going to refuse to obey the good news. There's going to be people who refuse. God is good. He loves you. He's forgiven you. Come to Jesus. I mean, man, he's going to baptize you in his grace. and He's going to turn everything around. Nah, I don't care. You got to be just plain stupid. You know what? That's not stupidity. That is aggressively of your own will rejecting what is clearly revealed to you. That is not a mistake. That is an abject desire to reject the creator of your soul. I think God's going to make that really hard to do. Obey the good news. They will be punished with the eternal destruction forever separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. Forever separated from the Lord. When Jesus comes, man, it's not like, well, you got three more weeks to figure out how you feel about him. He's going to come quickly. He's going to come suddenly. He's going to come finally. And when he comes, those who refuse to believe, it really is eternally separated from God. Wow. That breaks my heart. And I'm not God. I think it breaks his heart every day. Separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. He's taking a long time to come back. I mean, that was 2,000 years ago. Him and the cross and all that stuff. It's taking a long time. It's 2,000 years now. Even in their day, they thought, this is taking a long time. I mean, Peter is writing, and he's in first generation church. He's taking a long time to come back. Peter said, he is not really being slow about his promise. As some people think, no, he's being patient for your sake. He's being patient for our sake. He's been patient for our loved ones' sake. He's being patient for London's sake. He's being patient for Saudi Arabia's sake. He's being patient for Africa, for South America, for North America, for Alaska, and for all the penguins in Antarctica. 
He does not want anyone to be destroyed. It is not his will. What's the will of God, pastor? It is not his will that anyone should perish. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. He wants everyone to turn. He wants everyone to, in light of the good news, won't you change your mind? In light of, I love you, I care for you, I've removed your sin from you, I've reconciled you to myself, everything that's wrong in your world, I've made it right. I have redeemed you from all brokenness. I am the one who loves you, I'm the lover of your soul. Man, I don't care. He doesn't want anybody to not turn to that good news and say, be the Lord of my life, be my Savior. I receive you. He wants every single person. That's why, folks, you got to get your band. This is all a big, long commercial for get your wristband. If I don't see a wristband in you, I'm telling you, I'm going to put four around your neck. And they're really small. That'll be an awkward, you know, counseling time. I'm just messing with you. Pastor, you wouldn't do that. I would not. I'd get Stephen to do it. So, anyways. <laughs> you know, God, what are you concerned about today? Your lost neighbor. God, what would make you happy today if you would share Jesus with the people at work? God, what would make you happy today if you would bake a pie for that person across the road? The ambulance just showed up. I don't know what's going on. But would you get involved? Because I can't get in there if you don't get in there. If you don't care about the world, he has limited himself to us. And if we're just going to be a dopey, sleepy church, except for Sundays when we shout, you, woohoo! But I tell you, the best time of my day is when these chairs are empty and all you folks are out there sharing Jesus with the world. That's what it's all about, folks. It really is. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. Romans 10, 9 to 10, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from dead, you will be saved. And it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God and openly declaring your faith that's how you are saved.